certain events in which I took part, or an island I will call Site B. Don't bring people halfway around the world to visit a zoo. You bring the zoo to them. After the accident in the park, Hurricane Carissa wiped out our facility on Site B. We had to evacuate, of course, and the animals were released to mature on the road. And welcome to this very special bonus episode of the Lost World Minutes. This week, or today, the 23rd of May, we are gathered uh, to look back on uh, one of our favourite films of this franchise. Uh, and we have a guest. Uh, please welcome prominent member of the Jurassic community, uh, self-proclaimed fan of the Lost World, and a massive collector, Mr. J Jurassic. Welcome, sir. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, if, if if listeners don't know of you, uh, why not? <laughs> you do have you do have a very prominent role on the uh, the Jurassic Park podcast with your Amber Fine segment, which is always a joy to listen to every week. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been doing that for a while now. Um, the Amber Fines, just talking about my collection here and there on the Jurassic Park podcast. Yep. Sort of one of those things. Talking, there's there's too many Brads in this franchise. Uh, talk, <laughs> talk, talking to Brad about about possibly doing something for the show, like a separate segment. And I'm thinking, well, you already got one. You already got one guy talking about figures and sort of trying to find something to talk about um, to go onto the show. And now we have got the trivia segments now on there as well. And it's, uh, but it is good that it's open open to uh, all fans of the franchise to uh, get on there and have their voice heard one way or the other. Oh no, definitely. I love I've loved that uh, about the about the JP podcast. Um, how it's it's really open to all, all of us going on there, and you can start your own segment and whatnot. And it mine started out somewhat of it was a suggestion by Brad. Brad wanted to see if I could. Um, do that segment and i was like uh I was, I was really new to podcasting uh back then i think it was like november when i started and i just started listening to podcasts like basically jp podcast was like the first one i really listened to and um and then i, I started branching out and i have like a bunch of bot- podcasts on my um my phone including this one and like um and I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't really know uh, what to do. I don't have like the recording equipment or nothing. He's like, dude, it's not like I, I, I got to get like a whole radio station going. But um, yeah, I did one of them, and it, and uh, I got really positive feedback from the fans. And now I just keep going with it, and we branch out to other stuff. I've um, I've been on other segments with other. Other um, JP fans like the Game Trail, uh, where we talk about games. Um, yeah. I've been, and then I branched out mine into um, two other segments where one of them is like like Review Corner, where we're gonna be reviewing uh, some toys and and certain items that are coming out now for like the Jurassic World line. Yeah. Like uh, we did a review that should be coming out soon <coughs> of um, the Breakout T Rex. Uh, from Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, that's, that's yeah, very controversial, you know, statue. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we also did um, 
I also have this other segment where it's called Hunters and Gathers, where I talk to other collectors about their collections. You know. Yep. And it's full. Mm-hmm. It's it's full props to you as well. Like to sit down and talk for five, ten minutes by yourself, talking about a certain figure. Um, anyone that's ever tried to sit down and talk, whether it's YouTube video or just record some audio, just it, it is a it is a tough job, and you do a very good job of it. So, um, oh, thank you. It, it is something I look forward to each week, uh, looking at some of the figures or some of the items in your collection. Uh, in recent weeks, it's been some more of uh, the Lost World stuff that uh, both me and David have got in our collections, and uh, it's good to hear about <laughs> brought back up again as well. Oh, definitely, yeah, Lost World is uh, very special to me. I, I I love that movie. It's it's the movie that. Um, I mean, Jurassic Park started it, the whole um, crazy obsession for me, uh, especially Rexy in general. Yeah. Um, made me like fall in love with dinosaurs, I always say, and I've said it a million times on podcasts. Ah, you can fall in love with dinosaurs. Well, uh, yes, Rexy was a dinosaur that made me fall in love with dinosaurs. But <laughs> The Lost World was the movie that solidified my uh, obsession with dinosaurs and the Jurassic Park franchise. So when it comes to Lost World, I, I'm like, it, it, when I find an item that's Lost World related, I, I don't even care about the silliness of the item or <laughs> what it is. I, I take it, I, I collect it immediately. Yep. And I've, I've had friends that are, are like, um, in a lot of these like toy conventions and, and um, some of the other guys that know that I collect Jurassic Park. When they know they have a Lost World item, they're like, "Oh, we know who to give this. Who's gonna get this?" And um, they always know it's it's. I got something for you, and it's um it's from the Lost World. I'm like, okay, immediately interest. Okay, yeah, <laughs> what is it? You know, <laughs> instantly. So. Yeah, the great thing about this about uh, especially the Lost World and Jurassic Park was they had these massive merchandising campaigns, and there's just so much out there to collect. I mean, you got plates, and you got even then you got commemorative plates, and then you got beach towels, toys, uh, sippy cups, just like every possible thing you can think of Jurassic Park related was put out there with Jurassic Park and the Lost World. My God, they are well organized. Those are some major league toys. I suppose when you go into that first stop, some of our favorite merchandise and tie-in toys, that sort of stuff of the franchise. Jay, have you got you got something that uh, really stands out, whether it's an official release or a prop or something from the franchise, or from Lost World mainly, I suppose. Oh, I, I wish I had like an original like movie prop or something, but um, I just have like merchandise-related items. Um, I haven't gotten to that mer- uh, that movie prop. Like um, arena yet? Yeah. With with these things, um, haven't been that fortunate, but I would love to move into that arena in time, um, and hopefully I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just uh, it's just merchandise related stuff right now for the time being. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> yeah. You got a favorite on your shelf? From the official stuff, uh, Lost World related. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say, I, I would say, um, relating to, um, I guess, sentimental value. 
uh, related, um, I would say probably the the mobile command center, yeah. the the RV toy, mm-hmm. the because uh, of the like when I got it, uh, it and um, I explained that on one one of the, the the Christmas special that we did with with Brad on the JP podcast, yeah, where yeah. it had to do with like a really bad Christmas, and it was the thing that took my mind off of that Christmas, and it was like it was just. T- that RV was super tough to get. Um, what people and kids don't realize today is that, like, when a toy comes out or something, they know about it, like, immediately. We didn't know that back then. Mm. In, like, in 97, we just had, like, those Kenner ca- catalogs and what it showed on the back of the card uh, on these toys. And you had no idea when these things were c- really coming out. And when they did, they flew off the shelves and plus... Big items like that were not massively produced, yeah. so you saw it, you had to get it. And like I was lucky enough that my my parents they saw it and they knew they weren't able to get me the the first command center for Jurassic Park, so they were like, well, we're gonna get them this one. And just like that, Christmas was really bad when I got that, and I was able to actually open that gift early and take my mind off from like the really bad Christmas that was going on and be able to play with that item and that that item has like a significant memory for it and 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 um uh emotional value to it but other than that I would say let's see lost world well even with that with the mobile command center it's sort of it might not be as iconic as the uh command center from the Jurassic Park but just having having those trailers in toy form, uh, all the, the playability with them, being yeah. to scale with the figures and being able to have the figures inside them, um, I, I definitely like it as well. It's definitely a very good very good figure. Um, I got mine oh, later on later on second hand on eBay, but uh, it was in its box and uh, the box is in great condition, so I can't oh, complain nice. there. <laughs> Nice. I, I wish I still had the box. I, I don't have the box anymore. A lot yeah. of my items like that, are, are like toy-wise, they're out of box. Um, I have a lot of bo- box stuff, but a lot of it is out of boxes. I actually played with these items. A lot of them have like these memories attached to them. Yeah. It's, I think it's like going towards JP3 and you know now Jurassic World that don't have that like that um, sentimental value really. Like, uh, there's no, I, I, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm not buying these Jurassic World items and, and sitting there and playing with them. I do take them out of the box sometimes and just like, eh, there you go, and like, put them on my desk. <laughs> a little scene fighting, like, the the Indominus fighting the Stomping Rex, but... <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's that, that's yeah. that air quotes, air quotes nostalgia that we'll get to it a little bit when we talk about our favorites of the franchise movie-wise, but, uh, David... What about you? What do you got on your shelf that uh, you love? You have outfits. Uh, <laughs> oh my yeah, God, I do gosh. actually. I've got a uh, not not prop replicas, but like the original same make and model as some of the props, like in some of the costumes. Wow. But my my favorite toy. I'm gonna break it up here into two segments: favorite toy and then favorite sentimental toy. My favorite toy was was and always will be the Thrasher T Rex, just because for me that was the T Rex. That was it was looked just like the T Rex in the movie. It had the face, had the body shape, it had the t- it had it was 
the T-Rex. And so I didn't have one on when I was a little kid. My, but my friends and my cousins had one. And so each had one. And so I would always go over there when we'd play dinosaurs and we'd play Jurassic Park. And and uh, so the Thrasher T-Rex was always the toy that I loved the most. Mm-hmm. And But my favorite sentimental toy would have to be the Cyclops Raptor. Uh, because it was the first Jurassic Park toy I've ever gotten. And I still have it, and it's is the paint is rubbed, it's faded, it's it's got bite marks on it, but it's <laughs> it's got it's been through so much, but I love it because it shows that it has that history to it. <laughs> it shows that it was a kid's favorite toy, you know. Yeah. But my, I'd have to say that my favorite thing wardrobe-wise in my collection of my prop collections, because I have a a Cobra Leisure Time. That I modded up to be look like Roland's hat. Uh, I have a uh, Willis and Geiger Hemingway jacket that was the same jacket Roland used in the movie. Huh. <laughs> and I have a Willis and Geiger uh, rucksack that was Sarah Harding's lucky pack. Your lucky pack. Oh my <laughs> god, you have that? <laughs> yes, I do. Not the actual oh. pack, but it was. Um, it's the same make and model as Sarah Harding's Lucky Pack. Well, that's amazing, dude. That's amazing. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one that I got because it's. I loved the idea of a Lucky Pack when I was a kid, and so it's honestly one of the one of the best. No, it's actually the best backpack I've ever owned. Yeah, I actually I ended up making my own because <laughs> <laughs> I because I saw like uh the the those backpacks go for. Like so much money and they're so difficult to get. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't throw money like that right now. I'm like, all right. So I ended up getting some like greenish looking rucksack. Um, it's not exactly to the to the T looking like that one, but I ended up just making that and making it my own. I added all these patches onto it. I I added this one patch that says my lucky pack, and it, <laughs> nice. and it has like a. And it has like it's it's like the shape of Isla Sorna. Oh wow! And I sold all I sold all those in. I got Jurassic Park patches on there. Got Lost World. Got my logo, nice. Jay Jurassic. I have uh, my cat's Cheetosaurus Rex logo <laughs> on there. I mean, it. I I took that pack to that Jurassic Park meetup. I mean, a Jurassic World meetup. Yep. Uh-huh. And everybody knew instantly who I was because of the lucky pack. <laughs> <laughs> well, even going with that bit of a darker green color in the uh, material, you sort of, you could always say, well, this is more of a Richard Levine backpack than a Sarah Harding backpack. Also, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Everyone did ask where the where like the 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 hole was because you know how Sarah has like a like a hole in the look. I was like, I don't know if I want to put one in there right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good pack. Like it's I I put so much stuff in that thing is that I could carry so much and I'm like I don't really want to I want to actually be able to use it for like conventions yeah mm-hmm. yeah let's not put a big hole in the middle of it <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the amazing thing with these costumes though is you watch them on screen and they look a lot heavier heavyweight fabric than they actually are mm. Roland's uh, jacket for example it looks like it's a kind of like a heavier kind of uh, cotton cloth. It's not. It's super lightweight. Same with, and that's same with uh, Sarah Hodgson's Lucky Pack. 
it has this look to it that it's um, this tough, heavy fabric, when it's not. It's honestly featherweight. It's an interesting thing, too, where you sort of look at um, the costumes for some of the major characters. They're going there paid by InGen, so they're going to be wearing the most sort of, sort of the expensive safari gear or whatever else to go to the island, um, which makes it hard for us poor collectors to uh, go after those those costumes as well. It's not like it's not like Jurassic Park where we just got Laura Dern wearing some denim <laughs> denim jeans and jacket or Sam Neill wearing his denim as well. But yeah, that whole safari look uh, just gives it uh, that that special feel, Lost mm. World, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's separates it so much. Those moves are so different with each other. Yeah. 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 Anything else from the toy toy aspect you want to talk about? Uh, the bull T Rex. We could talk about oh, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's. That's got to be, I, I guess, if I would say my my, like my fair sentimental one would be the RV. My favorite one would be uh, the Bull T Rex. You know, I do love the Thrasher. Don't don't think no, there's no love for the Thrasher, but the Bull T Rex is the one that I saw some kid had uh, at school, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I need that T Rex. Where did you get and it? And like, uh, I actually wasn't able to get it when I was a kid. It was super difficult to find. I had my parents go to like five different toys or us around here in jersey and just knowing that like this thing could like eat the humans like mm. whole i was like oh my god so like uh, i wasn't able to get them as a kid i got them actually like i think like six about like seven years ago off of ebay i was able to actually get him yeah. i got him for like a really good price um smoke-free house because like i swear sometimes you get some of these items and they just smell like straight up smoke yeah and you get yeah. like a good deal You're like oh that wasn't i didn't say that on the the listing <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh uh ted brothers has that sometimes he'll open it well he's like yeah it was uh it's a good deal but woof <laughs> it smelled really bad yeah yeah well that's but, a, uh, i feel feel like a bit of a the bench warmer here because i didn't I had a couple of Jurassic Park figures when I was young. Uh, I was 10 at the time when Jurassic Park came out, and by the time Lost World came out, I sort of moved on to high school, and I was there opening weekend, or opening week, for uh, the Lost World, but um, I didn't buy anything from the line. I was sort of out of buying stuff or getting my parents to buy stuff for me. It was only probably the last 10 years where I started going back and sourcing all this stuff, and I, I actually like... Um, some of the matchbox sets that come out that tied in with it, uh, more so some of the, the village or the town play sets that sort of come out with them as well. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Just like the gas station and the uh, <laughs> I don't know what it needs to be a parking structure on sauna, but hey, we got a <laughs> we got a uh, play set for it. But um, yeah, I love, love that matchbox stuff. I've still got that's sealed in box. I've got some loose stuff here that uh, the young fella plays with from time to time, but. It's a wide range. There's a lot of stuff in the Lost World oh. figure range. Yeah, definitely. They 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 went all out, you know, and and it was because you know, like Jurassic Park, they went all out, and and then Lost World, they I think they did. I think the Jurassic World line, um, I mean, uh, Lost World line was larger within the toy scale than Jurassic Park. I, I, I think it was because uh, uh, there was like more of a line of like figures and whatnot, and then the Matchbox. I we didn't have that for Jurassic Park. We had like these little 
uh, diecast figures. Yeah. Like these diecast dinosaurs that you would get in, like, yeah, a Yeah, yeah, yep. On the card with the little and, collector cards. Yeah, and I, it's funny because I, I didn't get those. I used to see them all the time when I was a kid. And I was like, I don't want those. I want the, the, <laughs> the toys. I want the action figures. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, man, I have, like, two missing. Come on, where are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw all of them at this uh, toy show. This guy had them all in a bag. Uh, I don't have the cards for them, but he had them all in the bag. And I was like, I was like, oh, man, these are really cool. How much do you want for these all? And he, they get, I can't remember how much I paid for them, but basically they only have three missing. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's tough because it's like I look on – online and i'll find the three but it's like with every with a bunch of other stuff and i'm like i don't need that stuff i just know <laughs> those three but i don't want to pay like 80 dollars for just three those three yeah but i mean uh it's it ebay's crazy right now like the price mm-hmm. is oh, definitely ridiculous oh you look at anything on ebay for box any any of the stuff that's got oh, its packaging and it's just yeah makes you cry yeah it does it does it really it really does mm. and it's just and it's crazy to think that like when i got that bull t-rex um that bull t-rex was like like a high price and i remember i paid with 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 shipping and everything uh, i think it was like uh 25 bucks yep which is unheard of for a bull t-rex now mm. you know but that's what happens when you know when it be, when something like this becomes popular. Well, again. yeah. Thank you, Jurassic World, for making our uh, collecting habits more expensive. <laughs> yeah, which I'm I'm glad. I, I it's a little weird. Um, it's it's kind of like I'm glad that um Jurassic Park is getting that recognition. It's so deserved. Mm. You know, for a long time, uh, our community as it's been somewhat of a small community, but we are a very tight knit community when it comes to like how much passion we have for this franchise. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's like the rest of the world is trying to get in on it again. And it's <laughs> like uh, it's it was our thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's I'm, I'm glad there's a, there's a bunch of new fans, but at the same time I'm kind of like it's kind it was our thing for. All these years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very true. Tonight we'll christen Jurassic Park San Diego with a mega attraction that will drive turnstile numbers to rival any theme park in the world. I want to thank each one of you for being intrepid enough to turn up in the wee small hours of the morning. IMDb trivia and info. Original airing uh, May 19th, 1997 in LA. Uh, widescreen release hit the US 23rd of May. 1997, Australia 29th of May 1997, Singapore 5th of June, South Korea got on the 14th of June, New Zealand 26th of June, Japan 12th of July, the UK got 18th of July, which is probably why we're getting the two week gap this time with uh, Jurassic World 2, China 7th of August, France got 12th of September, Lucky last, Belgium, 22nd of October, so a bit of a wait for some of the uh, other countries. Actors from Jurassic Park making their return, of course, we got Jeff Goldblum returning as Ian Malcolm, Sir Richard Attenborough returning as John Hammond, Ariana Richards returning as Lex, 
And Joseph Meloza returning as Tim uh, in, in some smaller roles. It was released with a estimated $73 million budget. Uh, the figure's closer to 75 because it was a good uh, $10 million up on what Jurassic Park's budget was of $65 million. Um, and I think it definitely, you can definitely see it on screen a lot more the animatronics. Uh, CG's a lot better. A lot less uh, actual constructed sets, but uh, a lot more location shooting. But uh, it definitely looks good on screen. And it was definitely a success. It had uh, just over $90 million opening weekend box office for the US. And it made uh, $385 million overseas. And altogether worldwide, $614 million uh, worldwide box office. So it was definitely a success. And I'm pretty sure it stayed at the top of the uh, box office until uh, Titanic which was only a couple of months later, <laughs> unfortunately. But that's about it for the uh, IMDb stuff, so now we'll get into the look back at the Lost World. Taking dinosaurs off this island is the worst idea in the long, sad history of bad ideas, and uh, I'm going to be there when you learn that. Moving on from toys, uh, I know Dave and myself yeah. talked about in uh, the introduction minute of the podcast about uh, where and when we seen the film. Jay... Were you there opening night, opening weekend to see the film, or did you see it later on? Oh, definitely. I was there. It was on a Monday morning Memorial Day here in the United States. And um, I remember, like, begging my uncle because he wasn't able to take me to see the first one. I didn't see the first one in theaters. Yeah. I saw it in a tiny, small, like, 13-inch TV <laughs> in, in my cousin's bedroom. Um when he got it before me because it was his birthday. And I, I remember the other day I, I was talking about that and I was like, I can't remember why my cousin Brian got it before me. And and I remember my grandma had bought me the tape, but she didn't want to give me the tape before him because it was, it was exactly his birthday when it came out. Because I, <laughs> I think Jurassic Park came out October 24th or 25th and his birthday was right around there. I think it's 25th. And um, that next that night when we got home, my grandmother had the VHS for me. She's like, I, so I, I had it already, but she had to, you know, give him tape first so that he didn't feel bad, you know? So I saw the first one in the tiniest TV ever, and, <laughs> you know, it, it it was awesome, but it was I would have much rather seen it in the big screen. But with Lost World, uh, I was like, I was bothering my uncle all week, and I'm like, we're going, right? We're going. He's like, yes, yes, we're going. Because he had read the book. Oh, and he had yep. actually let, yeah, he had actually let me borrow the book. And I actually read the book for, like, a, a book report. And I didn't know how long and um, how awesome Creighton's writing is at a kid <laughs> that's, like, in fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, uh, very true. And so we were there. We went to this uh, theater that's now at Best Buy, uh, in, in <laughs> around my area. Yeah, they, they switched it all up. And, Progress. Um, yeah, <laughs> and the line there when we got there, I remember seeing my uncle's face. My uncle's face was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> the line went around like twice around the theater. It wow. was crazy. We were waiting in. We like we parked our car in the parking lot, 
and basically we got out of the car and got in line because the line was coming out into the parking lot. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it was it was nuts, and it was just like the anticipation was crazy. I, I remember getting to that theater and just watching this film and just being in complete awe of it and happy to be able to see a Jurassic Park film on screen. And I loved the film. My uncle was like, oh, it's very different from the book. Mm. And at the time, I hadn't read the book. Like, I was going to read it afterwards. So I didn't know what he was saying. Like, I had kind of run through the book or whatever. But I read it, I read it um, after I saw the movie. Yeah. Um, so he was like, oh, it's very different from the book. There's some scenes, you know. From, uh, I was like, oh, okay. And, and um, he wasn't a fan of, like, the... The San Diego scene, which I know there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of it, but uh, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. That, that that actually made the movie for me. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. And that's one thing, too. Like, I'd seen the book before... Oh, I'd read the book, actually, before uh, seeing the film, and watching it on screen, it sort of didn't really... Dwe- I didn't really dwell on the fact that, okay, there's stuff here that's not in the book. Um, going in, looking at some of the promotional artwork or promotional photos with uh, Ludlow and uh, crouching down beside the compy in the cage and um, stuff like that I'm thinking well okay is that Richard Levine has he got a compy in a cage what's going on here trying to piece together how this novel's looking in these production photos but uh, once I actually got in there and watched it it was probably probably a few days afterwards where I sort of sat there and dwelled on it and gone okay to, okay this was different that was different and as you said definitely the uh the san diego sequence at the end there which again dave you and i've talked about how much this franchise needs to have dinosaurs on the mainland uh, it was mm-hmm. a natural progression it needed to happen um it's a pity it was a sort of a little bit of a tacked on thing at the end of the lost world but uh it was definitely good to see a t-rex ramp- rampaging down some city streets <laughs> Yeah, and we and we always said that comparison to Godzilla and whatnot, but you know yeah. everything's always gonna be compared to something else. Exactly. Even, even Spielberg, even Spielberg like made fun of it by having uh, a bunch of those guys. It, they were saying it, it. I think they were they're Chinese, Japanese, and they were running away, and they're they're saying like uh, in in their native language, uh, we ran away, we left Japan for this or something. Yeah, you know? this is this is like, why we left Japan. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's hilarious. Like he knew it was. It's he knew people were gonna relate it to that, and he made and he made a joke about it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I was just like happy as hell, as a kid, to see something like that because you kind of see where Spielberg was going in the Raptor Kitchen scene, where mm. he was like he even said it in interviews where he wanted to put in something that we see every day, but yeah. have dinosaurs next to it to make you feel like no you're not safe even in your kitchen from yeah. these things mm-hmm. so it was cool to see a t-rex in the city just rampaging because it's like wow that's that's what would happen <clears throat> you know what i mean if these animals got onto our mainland they would just they go crazy and it's <clears throat> and in the time being we would panic because especially when people knowing like we've never knew dinosaurs were around and and then just all of a sudden wake up one day and just see one like next to your window like that kid Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I would I would react somewhat in the same way, not really scared, just kind of like, 
What the <sighs> hell? There's a dinosaur in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lost definitely brought the idea of dinosaurs to the suburbs for me. Mm. I mean, for the first Jurassic Park was always about you're stuck on an island and the dinosaurs are stuck on that island, but then you had the Lost World and suddenly you can wake up and there's a T-Rex staring out your bedroom window. It adds a good scale to it too, like he's... Oh, it's a buck, isn't it? This on the yeah yeah yeah. He's he's biting the traffic light, then he goes and runs alongside the bus, and like these are everyday things we see in our everyday life. And here's a T Rex scaled nicely beside it and interacting with it as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that was one thing that um we were always trying uh, like uh, when you're watching the movie. There's one scene the other day that I just noticed. I'm like, no, that isn't the buck. That's the female. <laughs> I mean, um, it's cool to have that, that it was the dad that was just running amok mm. through the city, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you get people that watch the movie all the time and don't and don't really know the difference. It's like kind of, it's 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 us that always know. I, I correct people all the time when they say something. Oh, yes, yeah, the that T-Rex in Jurassic Park, he was very fierce. I'm like, she. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what do you mean? No, it's she, it's a girl. Yeah. Female. Yeah. Oh well, you know, or oh the one, yes, that one with the scars on its face. Uh, she was very, she was very uh angry. No, that's that's the that's the dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could be that pretentious uh Jurassic Park fan sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, very good. I'll be back in five or six days. No, you'll be back in five or six pieces. The animals won't even know they're there. Very low impact. Strictly observation and documentation. Briefly, uh, where's where's Lost World fall in the franchise? Um, I personally, I have trouble with it against Jurassic Park as number one. Um, uh, yeah, I have that trouble too. Yeah, Dave, Sorry. Dave, where do you see it? It kind of teeters between Jurassic Park and the Lost World for me. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of the world of Jurassic Park that just blow me away. And then there's The Lost World, which is, of course, my own true love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have I, I would have to say that Lost World is my favorite. Like, uh, it's, 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 when I say that, it's not like it's a million miles away from Jurassic Park, like, uh, in the difference, but it is my favorite. Um, the... I just I just love the movie and I I love Jurassic Park too but Lost World just um everything that goes on that movie the just knowing that these animals were roaming free with no fences and there's two T-Rexes and T-Rexes are are my favorite dinosaurs and I know that's cliche and and oh you know, I mean, and a lot of people like to, hear, but I really do truly love Tyrannosaurides. So, you know, I mean, whenever the new studies are coming up with Tyrannosaurs, I'm always reading about them. And it, it like I said, Rexy in Jurassic Park was the reason, like, the one that made me fall in love with dinosaurs as a whole. Yeah. So having two of them, and then two adult Tyrannosaurs, and and one baby in it. And just show, and the movie showed that like dinosaurs were parents, and and it showed that they they worked in these groups, family groups, and it showed that they weren't these like savage creatures, and and it also showed the savagery of man when we were trying to capture them when they they dropped that that Parasaurolophus 
in that one scene and it just that movie is just incredible and and just all the stuff that it throws in there and I loved it for all those reasons it, yeah. like I said one of my main reasons was it was going with the science of the day and science of the day was we were they were starting to say that dinosaurs took care of their young yeah and that's why they 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 advanced so much they 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 were on the planet for millions of years we've been on the planet for what like <laughs> not, like a smidget of time compared to them to we're like slowly destroying it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't even know how long we'll still be here i think dinosaurs are gonna end up beating us on like the timetable of, of earth you know hmm. so it was just uh the movie as a whole is just amazing yeah and i have no idea why some people haven't seen it or or that don't like it and gets the bad rap i i ugh, never it's one it's one very interesting thing sort of looking at social media over the last say six months Early on, a lot of, okay, you get people, oh, it's the one with the gymnast scene, or it's the one with the trailer scene, or whatever else, and that's about all people know. But so just the fans coming out of the woodwork, I don't know if it's just that uh, seeing more people post about it with the anniversary coming up or whatever else, but it seems like more people are are sort of coming out and saying, hey, yes, this is actually a, a good film. It ranks up there in the series with the original and uh, it's got some mm-hmm. awesome, awesome pieces. Like I still believe the score is better than the uh, the oh, original. Definitely. And definitely. we'll we'll get to that in a bit. But um, I it, it just does it just does that little bit more than what Jurassic Park does for the franchise, mm-hmm. for the characters, for the animals themselves. Um, again, they these are animals in the wild. They're not monsters uh, that we see in Jurassic Park Three. They're just trying to survive. Um, and we're there yes, to uh, exactly. to interfere, and uh, as Malcolm says, life finds a way. We we fail. Seem like you have a shred of common sense. What the hell are you doing here? Someone on this island is the greatest predator that ever lived. Second greatest predator must take him down. Looking at some of the characters, uh. Jay, favorite character. You got a favorite character from the film? Out of the franchise, I would say Malcolm. Malcolm's my absolute favorite. But um, when it comes to Lost World, Malcolm is still my favorite. But out of that cast, I would have to go with uh, Roland. I yep. I love his, his his role. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Roland's my favorite too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just this great person. He's got, got great depth. Great depth as a character. He's a noble person, as we see in the deleted scene, he defends that waitress from those uh, pig, from those hunters or just whatever. He helps people regardless of what they do to him. He's just a, I mean, he's just a genuinely good person, and he's not afraid to show that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, and it's funny because I'm 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 completely against all that like big game hunting. I, I'm not. I'm not for that whatsoever, uh, um, especially with um, endangered species. But within mm. this movie, I would I, I think I'd become a hypocrite because I do love his character, and as much as I wouldn't agree him hunting down the the dinosaurs whatsoever, just that knowing that like um, this guy is that much of a like 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 crazy dude to go after a T Rex, you know? Yeah. Like, 
when he has that speech where he's like, the, you know, I mean, the, the second greatest predator must take him down. I'm like, man, this guy really has some screws on him that he's he's at he's going after the male too, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So it's yeah. an uh, he's just an awesome character to be thrown into here. Yeah, and that's cut scene aside. When we get his first introduction, when the uh, the hunters arrive on the island, and he's talking to Ludlow about you can keep your fee. I just want the right to hunt one of the Trenosaurs. <laughs> it's just you can sit up here, you can set up a buffet wherever you want. Just if you don't want to listen to me, I've gone too many rich safaris with rich, rich dentists. That, uh, he's seen there. Listening to any more suicidal ideas? Okay. 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 <laughs> There's that Humvee. <laughs> uh, that Humvee's not dropping again after that scene. <laughs> uh, and it's... Oh, yeah, definitely. That was crazy. It's as good a place as any for base camp. That's first priority after we're finished. I want it up and running in 30 minutes. That's half an hour. Understood? Over. Cancel that order. What? Why? This is a game trail, Mr. Ludlow. Carnivores hunt on game trails. Do you want to set up base camp or a buffet? Let's find a new spot, shall we? Over and out. Peter, if you want me to run your little camping trip, there are two conditions. Firstly, I'm in charge, and when I'm not around, Dieter is. All you need to do is sign the checks, tell us we're doing a good job, and open your case of scotch when we have a good day. Second condition, my fee. You can keep it. All I want in exchange for my services is the right to hunt one of the Tyrannosaurs. A male. A buck only. How and why are my business. Now, if you don't like either of those two conditions, you're on your own. So go ahead. Set up base camp right here. Or in a swamp. Or in the middle of a wreck's nest, for all I care. But I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay. Okay. Sort of, it makes you wonder later on the film where Nick gets to his uh, his gun and takes out the takes out the bullets. If uh, at that point where he's got it up and going to fire at the T Rex, if he would have a moment of hesitation to say, "Well, this thing's been chasing me and hunting me for the last day or two, um, it deserves the right to live and yeah, shoot it with a tranquilizer dart instead." That's what he does in the in the original script ending. He um. He and Lolo go to the nest in order to recover it, the the male T Rex, but the male actually gets it gets one up on Roland, and Roland's no like no what this guy's the superior hunter. I'm gonna let him live. Yeah. And Lolo goes through that and tries to makes up a bunch of noise, and the T Rex grabs him and takes him back to the nest. He dies um loose off death from the now. Okay. To the babies. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, it's an original pre-San Diego script. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely an awesome character. And I think, you know I mean, not to take away from the other characters, because uh, I, I swear all the characters in that movie are just so interesting. You know, uh, uh, Julianne Moore's character, Sarah Harding, is just awesome. Like, mm. she's, one, she's one of my favorite, like, strong female characters from the franchise. Uh, uh, Ellie and her are my, my top favorite female characters. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? Sarah! Sarah! It's too late. She's already there. Tasha? Oh, please. Don't treat me like I'm a grad student. I've worked around predators since I was 20 years old. Lions, jackals, hyenas, you. You know, after them, it's it's Lex. Lex is one of my favorites, too. And, yeah. Um, it's just... 
like every character in there is has such a, um, a drive to be there. You know, well, I mean, yeah, none of them, them has none of them seem wasted. They 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 all all have a part to play. Um, exactly. Even someone like, like even Dieter or yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, with, like Nick Nick Van Owen, you know, like his, his whole uh Nick Nick Van Owen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did that since, without even thinking about it. <laughs> you, you hear that for so many years? You, you do that like just because uh, um, what is it? Uh, especially that that scene in in the village. I, I I think I've seen that scene apart from the movie as a whole so many times because like i said in the in one of the last two amber fine episodes um Mm -hmm. i used to watch these videos and pause them and watch them and pause them because i like as a kid i used to build all these like sets and stuff um, yeah you you mentioned you mentioned one a couple in michael's episode 98 of uh the dress park podcast that uh you'd actually made um the the operations building set or it's like the building out of cardboard and that yeah, I, I used to I used to make all that stuff when I was a kid. Uh, it was one of the the reasons I also love this movie because that's when I actually started getting into like making my own dioramas and and painting dinosaurs and getting more into and incorporating my art, my love for art yeah. into Jurassic Park. And I mean, now it's just all over the place. Either either I'm in because I'm a tattoo apprentice, so I'm learning tattoo. That's what I what my career path is going towards, but I always wanted to work for like Stan Winston or or do special effects or do concept art and whatnot, and so I I do I have my career path of tattoo tattooist, but my passion in, in art has to, is with dinosaurs and, and with Jurassic Park. I do I draw so much stuff. Jurassic Park related all the time and it has to do from it stems from like this movie like I I drew dinosaurs when Jurassic Park was around but when this movie came around I started like branching out my stuff I started customizing the the vehicles and and coloring the dinosaurs make them look more like the movie because I always felt like it was cool what we got but at the same time I was like why didn't we get it this certain color or why isn't it this something you know yeah and i get it i get how toy companies work now but um back then i wanted to make my own and 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 so i made these sets and stuff from like watching the vhs and pausing the vhs and pausing the vhs <laughs> back and forth. so that nick van owen scene i've seen it so many times because the village had such this draw to it you know like yeah. This oh, yeah. town in the middle of a crazy dinosaur jungle and it's like what? And you're starting to you're trying to realize what's going on there. Who's working there? What are they doing there? You know. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a funny callback too to the Stegosaur scene where Nick's yelling out Sarah Harding and Malcolm says to him, "How many Sarahs do you think are on this island?" Here is Nick Nick Van Owen. How many Nicks do you think are on this <laughs> island? Yeah, I just felt like you did that on purpose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was uh, mapping the worker the worker village for Just Park Lemonski. I um I only I only really started out with like a handful of kind of like crappy screenshots, and it was just me 
building off these screenshots, and it wasn't until I found the sliders um, episodes that I was really actually able to start really getting these great uh, these great shots of the worker village that I was able to start mapping it out. Mm. So, well, um, it's, you can still find the map up on um, the Parkpedia, the Jurassic Park Wiki, and, of course, Jurassicpedia, which is the uh, replacement for the Jurassic Park Legacy Encyclopedia. Nick! Nick Van Owen! Sarah Harding! How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? Do you want to go into favorite scene real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I My favorite scene in in the lost world um it man it, it's tough <laughs> i would have to say my my favorite scene in the lost world would it's a it's it's kind of a fight between three scenes um two of them are t-rex scenes and one of them <laughs> is a raptor scene and i think i you guys know which raptor scene because yep. it's like one of the most awesome scenes in the entire franchise i don't think anybody's been able to get there with the raptors like this scene has the the long grass yeah. that scene is that put fear in me as a kid to go anywhere near any long grass <laughs> just and I and I always would say like I'm not a I'm I'm not afraid of, uh, of I never was a kid that was afraid of dinosaurs but that long grass scene me what could be in that grass like <laughs> knowing raptors were in the movie what could be in that like these like, <laughs> long grass areas you know is there like crazy predators in there or whatnot um either that one uh like i can't really say which is my favorite out of three but i would say like the long grass um the san diego scene i love that scene um especially when he's rampaging through the street and he when he bites that like uh that traffic light and he's like <laughs> pulling it down and then he hits that bus right into an old blockbuster or hollywood video or whatever um and the trailer scene yeah, I, I love the trail. Yeah, you know, so. it's a lot of and a lot of that stuff, like the bus in San Diego. It's all practical stuff working with a CG mm-hmm. creature. Um, yeah, the trailer. Yeah, the trailers had the the two T Rexes either side of it on their uh, gimbals and everything else. But um, it's still the physical trailer sitting there being rocked by these animatronics, and what they had to do to make that bus in San Diego implode on itself jump up on two wheels. Um, yeah, I remember seeing something like that behind the scenes. They used to have this show for kids on, like, Discovery Kids back in the day. And it was, like, behind the scene of your favorite movies or something, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'd watched, I'd watched that show every, every Saturday morning just waiting for them to talk about Lost World. Like, I didn't care what other movie was on there. When, when I would... <laughs> When I'd watch, and, and there was like, because, you know, now you get to see, like, what's going to be on next week or whatever. Back then, it, you really couldn't. So it's like you kind of had to just wait. So I watched, like, the show, and it would it would say, like, and I'd go through the segments. And then once I saw it wasn't really going to talk about Lost World, I'd be like, nah, I don't care. Uh, I think the only one that I, the only episodes that I watched fully through were when they talked about Independence Day. Yeah. Like, how they made it. And Lost World, they finally got to the Lost World at one point, and I was so happy that when they showed that scene, they're like, oh, we use this bus and whatnot. It was just the bus scene, that's all they talked about, because it was like, 
is like these little segments. They would show you one scene of the movie, how they did it, and that's it. Yeah. That's cool. And, yeah, that I can't. I can't remember what the name of the show was, but it was on Discovery Kids. It was like, uh, like the special effects behind movies or something. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah. <laughs> hey, the adult sees that it's us once again with his baby. Uh, isn't it gonna be like you? Maybe some uh, angry recognition. You need to head off now. Yeah, I gotta go uh, watch Alien Covenant. Oh, <laughs> uh, we. Yeah, I promised. Uh, you guys probably have seen on my Instagram DC villain. My he's like my best friend. Yep. Like, yeah. So he's the one that's got me all a lot of those Lost World stuff, like the puppets for my birthday. Yep. Nice. Yeah, yep. he's 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 the man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lastly, one question before you do before you do sure, go. Yes. Um, if we we're, we're just about to hit the twentieth anniversary, um, is there something Universal hasn't released yet that you'd love to see? We've just got the score um, redone, thanks to La La Land Records. But um, is there anything you'd love to see from the studio to uh, celebrate the Lost World, whether it's some more I, behind uh, the scenes stuff or? Yeah, I would love to see more behind the scenes stuff, but. Mm. Not much, not so much more as like something they uh, for them to release, uh, you know, you know something like the movie related. I the one thing that I have a little bit of a a little bit upset about or disappointed is that we didn't get uh here in the states. I know uh, I know over there across the pond that they're having um they're having a uh, Jurassic Park and Lost World like in a theater. Uh, special, yeah. but here I would have loved for them to release like the twenty, you know, I mean, being twenty years, they they did the three D for Jurassic Park, but they're not doing anything whatsoever for the Lost World, and it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. I I'm very disappointed by that because I haven't seen that film in the theaters since '97. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw it when I was '97. I was a kid, so I it wasn't it wasn't easy to go. For me, it wasn't that easy to go to the theater as it is. I didn't really start going to theater like frequently till I was a teenager with friends. But as a little kid, it was hard for my parents to take me to see a movie. Um, yeah, they were same very here. busy. Yep. Yeah, so I got to see that movie once in the movie theater. I didn't get to see it twice or three times like I've seen. Uh, I, I got to see Jurassic Park 3 once by choice. I didn't want to see more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jurassic World, I saw a couple of times. I um, I very much enjoyed that movie, so I went to see it with friends a couple of times. But you know, I mean, Jurassic Park, I saw once for the for the 3D release, and Lost World since '97. So it's it's not fresh in my mind the theater experience of that movie, and I would love to have that feeling again. Um, to hear that roar uh, of the male T Rex, like just. Mm going crazy in the theaters to mm-hmm. see the big screen that bus being thrown into the hollywood video so it's it, that's what's uh that's what i would like from universal yeah and you i i feel that um with jurassic world they you know I me mean, they acknowledge a lot with jurassic park and we know from like the masrani side and and certain things that lost world is Still in canon, but yeah. But the way that, but the way that they kind of like brush it off with with Jurassic World is disappointing with me. Um, 
and how Universal is, is treating the properties in, in a separate light now and how we have now Jurassic Park separated from Jurassic World. And I know Jurassic World is like the new trilogy, but you mean it, they – they acknowledge a lot of Jurassic Park, but they, they don't acknowledge a lot of Lost World. And I know some fans feel the same way with Jurassic Park 3 because there are fans of Jurassic Park 3 out there. I, everyone knows in the community I'm not one of them. <laughs> um, I'm not. Uh, I mean, uh, it's I, I, it's my least favorite of the franchise. I don't hate it, but I, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, and that's that's and fine. The, the four, four movies, we have our favorites and our least favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. With Jurassic World, it's sort of okay. We're oh, where are we now? Twenty eighteen years removed from the San Diego incident, so you're not you're probably not going to have anyone walking around the park going, "Hey, I remember when this T Rex or whatever else rampaged San Diego." But um, hopefully, with Jeff Goldblum coming back for Jurassic World Two, whatever it's going to be called, um, something just a callback, something. There's, yeah, there has to be some type of connection. He can't. They can't just be like, "Oh, Jurassic Park." No, yeah. there has to be some type of connection where he's gonna be like, "Yeah, well, I mean, like I messed up my leg in '93 because of these things, and then '97 I was chasing after one in San Diego." Just, just that, just that yeah. alone, yeah. Would, just, yeah. would make fans of the of Lost World be like, "Yes, thank you," you know. That yeah. that'd be awesome, you know. Just. But I feel like um, Bayona's taken it really close to the book. I think he's going to, because he said he was, like, looking through the book, like, vigorously. So mm. I feel like he's going to bring that dark tone that that Crichton threw into Lost World and, and Jurassic Park. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do with it. You yeah, know? yeah. It is exciting times ahead. Yeah. After the accident in the park, Hurricane Carissa wiped out our facility on Site B. Call it up. An act of God. Thank you, Jay, for joining us. Uh, you want to plug Twitter and all that? Where we can, oh, yeah, can sure. Find you? Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at jjurassic, which is J-A-Y-E underscore J-U-R-A-S-S-I-C-K. And you can find me on the same um, name on Twitter. And uh, all I can say is get, guys get ready for Jurassic June because uh, oh, yeah. I have a lot of stuff coming Nice. I, the Etsy store that I have is going to be, it's little by little, it's going to be loaded up with cool goodies. <laughs> oh, great. I've been working hard on it. Can't wait, can't wait. All right, thank you very much for joining us here for this uh, special episode of the Lost World Minute. Thanks for joining us, and we'll chat to you later. All right, thank you guys for letting me be on here, and uh, yeah, I would love to come back to do another one. Yep, we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely plan it, yep. All right, thank you guys. All right, see you, man. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Yep. Take a break. Five minutes. Something is coming. A fan podcast 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park Minute. Now available on iTunes. And visit us at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Minute. What's hurt? What do you need? We need rope. Rope? What? Anything else? Yeah. Three double cheeseburgers with everything. No onions on mine. I don't know, we'll turn it over. Right. Let's carry on. Everybody, up. Come on, up, up, up. Favorite characters. I'll just re- rehash on this pretty quickly. Um, 
I I love the Sarah character. I wish that she could have uh, been more closer to the novel version. Um, but I love I love yeah, Malcolm in this. Yeah, yeah. I love Malcolm in this being the uh, he's been here. He's done. He's seen the dinosaurs before, and he's sort of that voice in the back of everyone's head. Um, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Yeah, favorite dinosaur in the film. As as we heard before, Jay's definitely was the T Rex. Have you got a favorite one? Favorite dinosaur, uh, T-Rex whether it's T well. Rex as well. Yep. Um, yeah. I think just the taking the original female T Rex and making the bull T Rex and sort of making the colors that more of a jungle green, um, mm-hmm. more camouflage. Where okay, the Jurassic Park T Rex should have been green as well, but it wasn't grown there. It was sort of engineered and okay yes the first two t-rexes would have had to have been engineered as well but i just love that color change it sort of suits yeah yeah, suits the wild more um and it's definitely great to see and i i'll still say it now the velociraptors in this film are my favorite raptors in the entire franchise oh Um, definitely um especially the males yeah yeah i'm sort of sad that we didn't we don't get as much of them as in the other films um, oh yeah, that too. All those male velociraptors, like especially in Jurassic Park three, that was like my biggest want or hope, I should say, is that I, and I was kind of disappointed about that when I saw it in the theater, was <laughs> that I that they did not bring back those uh, tiger striped velociraptors, and because the, they were just, I mean, you lost behind the scenes footage of them, of them testing out the animatronics. And they're just beautiful, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, sort of. I haven't been really looking at the Chronicle busts, but I think the uh, the Raptor, the male Raptor bust, if they when they finally put one of them out, I think I'll be uh, jumping on board for that because it's just I think more so because it sort of takes what we read in the original novel and finally brings mm-hmm. it out into the film. Um, I think also too because the animatronics are just so so good, like. We'll get we'll get in later minutes when we get there to the the village and the long grass and just the way those animatronics are working in the uh, the village set and the sequence there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely good. Favorite set piece or scene from the film. What's what's up there with your favorite scenes from the film? Like Jay, this is really hard, but for me, I have to say everything between the time of the um, that temporary base camp on the dried up riverbed, then uh, the T Rex chase in the ravine, then the uh, and this is all this is all my favorite scene this entire sequence, and then the long grass and then the worker village. It's, it's that whole segment right there is just does it for me. Yeah, that's everything I would ever want, and I just want so much more of that. You got the score playing the track behind it, um, and then when you get to the worker village as well. Um, but we're we're gonna get into the score in a little bit here. But it def- mm-hmm. I, definitely the worker village, everything that happens there, um, I love. The trailer sequence is great. Uh, there's some issues. I have some of the same issues with it as I do with the uh, T-Rex breakout. Just Spielberg needing to take that extra cut um, mm-hmm. in a couple of places. But 
and we've talked about last minute too the uh, just the barge with the vehicles on arriving on the island. Um, Eddie and Malcolm having a little banter, and then the uh, the vehicles sort of trekking up the valley. I would love to see another five minutes of them going from that valley to the cliff top where they decide to make base camp. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a tracking device in the trailer pointing them to that section of the island where Sarah is, and they can go on foot to find her. But um, well, that was actually the lead to scene, and we'll get to that when we uh, get to that mm-hmm. minute. Yep. We can talk about that. Yep. Yeah, but my favorite set piece, my favorite set that they built would have to have been the temporary base camp or the worker village. The worker village is awesome. But I love that temporary base camp on the dried-out riverbed. I mean, they do such a good job with the foliage. They do such a good job with uh, making this set look like it's a real, actual uh, on-location thing. Even though you can, nowadays with HD, you can kind of see the matte uh, painting in the background that that makes it look like they're on a ridge. Well, it was only that, it was only about a year ago where like set photos come out of that um, hunter's camp scene, and you could see the trees sort of stopped oh, 20 or 30 feet off the ground, and it was just wireframe and the top of a set, and you realise uh-huh. that it's in a studio and not on location or outside um I like that waterfall the camera pans across that waterfall as vehicles are reversing in and they're making camp um it just sets that that scene off as being out in the elements and it's just a, one of those little touches that works so well oh definitely uh i think i should tell you guys hammond told me these people might show up i thought we'd be finished by the time they got started but in case they weren't he did send a backup plan what backup plan favorite on location spot would have to have been the uh, game trail just because I mean I love how atmospheric it is you got the redwoods on the surrounding the edges of it and then um, you got this dusty plane and the trucks are all driving around blowing up dust you got dust flying everywhere and then you got the dinosaurs kicking up dust themselves and it's just it creates this whole atmosphere of something that's wild and uh, it's just great. It, I remember when I was a kid, I, there was a cornfield next to me, and in the um, at, at the end, when the farmer was done with the uh, with pl- uh, plowing up the corn, he would create up this dust, and, and I'd go out in the cornfield and I'd go fossil hunting <laughs> and looking for dinosaurs because there was this dusty plain. That had trees surrounding it, just like the Lost World. Yep. And I actually got to visit that. The um, half of it was filmed on a private ranch in Fieldbrook, California, and then half of it was filmed in uh, Patrick's Point State Park in the Redwoods. And I've been to the Patrick's Point uh, part of it in the Redwoods uh, back in 2014. And it was it was really cool to be able to climb up on the same rock that uh, Julianna Moore and Richard Schiff and Jeff Goldblum were sitting on, and then and be able to walk down this uh, plane where they watched the vehicles. They got that where we got that great pan of the vehicles going along the edge of that cliff chasing the dinosaurs. Yeah, and that's 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 one thing that I just love about this franchise. Places like that where you can actually go. 
they exist. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not a green screen. They're not something else. You can go there. As you said, you've been there. The um the creek bed from the Stegosaur stuff as well, and uh, Dita's Dita's Creek as well was all filmed there in the redwoods. Um, it's it's actually interesting to think about now, with uh what we know about Jurassic World only having a month and a half of filming on Hawaii. Um, really looking back at the franchise, Jurassic Park was probably the most filmed on the Hawaiian Islands, whereas it's been a bit of a steady decline since then. Um, oh, yeah. In the Lost World, you've got Kathy's Beach, which also doubled for the end scene with the T-Rex and the other dinosaurs with Life Finds Away. Um, you've got the barge arriving on the island where we're at now after minutes um, and then the vehicles going up the valley. Then it cuts back to California with all that Redwood stuff, um, the game trail, the hunters, um, and then you get the trek and the trailers going up the cliff. All that's in California. Then you've got a short video, a short uh, segment of the survivors trekking through Hawaii, and then it's straight mm-hmm. back, straight back to uh, California again for in the grass and the worker village set, and then everything else is. Um, suburbs of LA for the San Diego stuff so there's not a hell of a lot mm-hmm. stuff that's actually filmed on the Hawaiian Islands for the Lost World and and it's just sort of you're or you're on the opposite side of the country but you've got um, you've got those locations there and you can go and go and just sit there and feel feel you know the dinosaurs ran down this game trail or, or stuff mm-hmm. like that it's just yeah Something little old me over here, down here in the bottom of the world, can't uh, really experience. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely loved the the lot the worker village stuff, and again, yeah, the trailers and uh, the uh, the approach to the island. The score. This this was going to be a deep dark hole. I started listening to the score again just to make notes, and I started making notes about every track, so I had to stop. I, one of the issues I had with the Jurassic Park store, score, there's some great stuff in there, but it seems very put together from other stuff that come before. That doesn't all feel like a Jurassic score, but the way the way the drums and the people always go on about the bongo drums of the Lost World score, but there's piano, there's flutes, there's uh, horn section. Some of the horn section yeah. in this is just <clears throat> awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Like for example, in the uh, when they're entering the worker village and they have that horn kind of blaring in the background, and it almost sounds like some kind of like a triceratops or something dying. Yeah, it just has that noise to it that sounds like a dying. Like a huge dying beast. Yeah, and that's that's the raptors appear, and it's sort of you get about yeah. nine nine seconds of that slow horn playing. I would have loved to have a full track of that, then have a second track of when they uh, appear, and you start really getting that drum drum work, and that uh, as the raptors appear and start chasing the people mm-hmm. through the buildings. 
that's sort of starting there. Uh, when Nick goes into the village as well, um, you just get that slow, slow music, sort of background eerie. Um, mm-hmm. And there's the sound effects. I'd love to get my hands on them. Just sort of, not chains, but just like old rusty things swinging in the wind and mm-hmm. stuff stuff like that. You just sort of get playing in the background. And um, you get it there. You get it earlier on with... Uh, with uh, the island's voice, which was uh, the prologue in the, on the original DVD. We get a couple. There's a couple of callbacks to Jurassic Park. Two of them in the Worker Village here, where it's sort of just that slow flute of the. Uh, I think it's a flute of the uh, Jurassic Park fanfare. But mm-hmm. um, just just as a sort of a, a callback, but uh, as a dream, almost a dreamlike state. Um, and I, I just love love all that sort of stuff. It's if if they did go back to Nublar for the second movie not to sauna and have that sort of uh, abandoned park feel, then I'd imagine mm-hmm. some of that music would be what would play there. I'm also I'm, I'm hoping for some of that, some of the Jurassic World music to sort of be played slowly in that if we do return to Nublar, to Jurassic World in the new film. There's a lot of, lot of the great tracks. I think, again, more so for this over the Jurassic Park soundtrack, or just more of the tracks are sort of tick the boxes for me. Mm-hmm. You, you get a lot of people that are on the... Uh, <laughs> the Ludlow steals the... Uh, Ludlow. Nedry steals the embryos. There's uh, been some of the high points of Jurassic Park soundtrack apart from the main fanfare, which doesn't... <laughs> it, it's it's a weird... It's a weird track. It almost has like a um, Mission Impossible theme to it, which, of course, John Williams did the soundtrack for that as well. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the first one was 97, or was it 96? What? Mission Impossible. Oh, no, Mission, I don't know, I'm not a fan oh, of okay. So he wasn't too far removed from it anyway. But, um, no. Yeah, it might have been a song he'd sort of wrote and thought I'll try it here and then can tweak it later. Um, uh-huh. I think another one too is uh, Visitor in San Diego. 
when they get get to San Diego and you get that bomb, 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 and just mm-hmm. all the way, yeah, all the way from uh, you get the you get the sort of to fly over of uh, Jurassic Park San Diego with again another little uh, little theme of the uh, Jurassic Park fanfare is there as well, and mm-hmm. uh, all the way up until till uh, the Rex gets sealed back in the uh, ship and Ludlow's demise. It's just great. It's a great energetic score. I just, I just love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say that of, besides the main theme in the first Jurassic Park, the two standout themes for me were the um, were the opening titles, the dun, mm-hmm. and they got the uh, drums and the uh, or the uh, the choir going together there. Yeah. And then also uh, finding Doctor Malcolm. Where they ha- where it's it's uh incident at Isla Nublar on um, it's the second half of that track on the soundtrack, but it's uh got this really fast paced kind of like really tenseness to it that it seems something you'd find in Dre- in the Lost World. Well, I noticed that when the uh, when La La Land done the uh, the re releases of both soundtracks and um the. Isla, uh, Isla Nublar incident was added to the uh, Jurassic Park score, and it's it's very mm-hmm. which is the uh, raptor escape or the raptor attack at the start of Jurassic Park. Um, it feels very Lost World, just yeah. Um, what happens there? But that that score, I think, from ro- arrival to the island, I think it's about eight minutes and twenty seconds of, or twenty six seconds of just them in the helicopter. Arrive at the island, the brachiosaur, and then ends with uh, them approaching the visitors, and I think that's my favourite. Yeah, of the uh, that's definitely score. one of my favourite tracks. I'll I'll just out of the blue sometimes just listen to that track. Yep. But I also have to say that another good theme that's used in the Lost World that's not really used anywhere else. They uh, Don Davis kind of brought it back, but he tweaked it to make it his own in in uh, the Lost World. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, Jurassic Park Three. Was there's this light motif using like a pan flute or something, 
the for the Raptors kind of you kind of hear it every time the Raptors are mentioned in the Lost World. Yeah. And then you hear it right before Dieter gets attacked by the Compies in the Lost World, where they're all you hear is the rustling in the bushes, and you kind of get this pan flute noise that um, you get. So it reminds me a lot of the um, those first those last kind of uh, flute notes that you hear in the um, in the original theme on the soundtrack, those na na na, those kind of those. I don't know. I can't do it justice, but it's those three kind of notes that the that Johnny Williams brought back and created a light motif out of for the Raptors. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, tr- I'll try and vocalize it here. If it doesn't work, I'll delete it. Uh, the, you sort of get the do 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 do. Sort of stuff with the compies as well. Yeah, yeah um, something like that. Yeah, it's it's probably not that that whole compy or I can't remember. Oh, the compies attack, I think it's called, where you just get that shrill flute and that do 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 sort of noise. It's sort of it's it's it's. A bit, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's a bit different to the rest of the soundtrack, and it's sort of the one the one track I will skip. Um, Not 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 so much of just disliking it. Just uh, it's not it's not as much uh, keyed into the rest of the rest of the soundtrack. Um, but I think it really works for the compies because the compies also have that kind of shrill shriek that they make, mm. and so the soundtrack reflects that. And I think that's really that's a really good light motif for the comp comp Sagnathus. And they're so small. How can they hurt anyone? Well, <laughs> yeah, we're about yeah, to see that happen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So anyway, that's anything else on the score you want to bring up? We'll probably get to it more uh, when we get to future minutes. Oh, the um, the uh, something and this was in the soundtracks. The game trail always has these, always has this deleted, uh, deleted music that never made that John Williams wrote, but didn't make it in the movie. In the movie, it's a. It's just a bunch of. It's a remix of the, of the Lost World theme, and I really wish that we would have gotten that on any soundtrack. Because the only version I have of it is uh, ripped from the movie, and so I really, I that was like my major disappointment with the John Williams Collector's Edition uh, so- soundtrack that they released for the Lost World in Jurassic Park, was that they did not include the film version of the music for the game trail well and that's that's one of the things you go through the tracks and as soon as you get past arrival at the island um even when the helicopters arrive um it goes in i think it's the trek which is pretty much straight up a score from when they're in san diego 
It's not yeah. an on, it's not an on the island score, and then it cuts from there to uh, where were they? I think the hunters camp or setting up camp and cutting the fuel line. So it's sort of yeah, that whole that whole sequence of them chasing down the animals and on the game trail isn't on the score, um, mm-hmm. or isn't isn't titled as its own track on the score. Because um, mm-hmm. it's also I was just watching it before we started watching this uh, recording as well, and uh, when the when the groups making their way through the island. Um, just before they go uh, back from the fields into the jungle game before they have their break, um, you get that boom, 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 start to play mm-hmm. softly in the background and it just stops when that's the start wow. of the Lost World theme. Like, it just, the way it's all cut up, it's, it's just weird. Yeah, and another theme that never made it into the soundtrack or any of the any of the soundtrack versions ever released was where they're all standing around, um, talk discussing what they're going to do next. Whether after Roland rescues them from the edge of the cliff, and they're standing around in the wrecked ruins of the engine camp, and they're talking about, okay, so this is our options. Where do we go from here? And there's some really, really cool music in that scene that you can hear in, like, film rips, but unfortunately the film rips also include the voices kind of echoing in the background. Oh, no. <laughs> and, so, and so you don't get the you don't get the full effect of that awesome, beautiful music. And that's where, the light, where that's where actually where one of the raptor light motifs come in is um, you get that pan flute whistling as... Ludlow brings up the raptors as being an issue if they go to the worker village. Yep, yep. Well, you get that same that same sort of flute too doing the Jurassic Park theme when he's sitting there and starting to talk about uh, Jurassic Park San Diego and how they got the assets mm-hmm. assets sitting there too in that uh, briefing scene we get at the start of that camp scene. But um, sort of listening to what went on behind the scenes with that whole um, new soundtrack and the way that. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the, the score sort of recordings were deteriorating on shelves, and that I'd, I'd be surprised if anything other than what we got is even salvageable anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff's probably already lost, lost to the elements, which is sad. I also wanted to mention that while we're on uh, sound, the sound design for the Lost World is probably one of my favorites, where you got like the uh, some of the greatest, uh, most creative sound mixing that they've done in a movie, I think. Such as in the male T-Rex, they didn't use any of the sounds that they used for the female T-Rex. They used, I think they basically used some of the bass sounds, like I think they used the elephant, but that's about it. They recorded all, like, baby elephant-like sounds, according to uh, Rosengrant, I think it was. Yep. Was the sound mixer. Um, and he said that they used all baby elephant-like sounds, so they recorded pigs and boars and weird Costa Rican animals. And they mixed it into sounding this deeper, more gra- more gravelly, kind of more uh, terrifying version of the T-Rex for the male. And that's it's one of those things, like, the sound design Jurassic Park was excellent and made that movie what it is. But mm-hmm. that was that was Brachiosaur, Raptors, T-Rex, 
Gallimimus and the Dilophosaur. Mm-hmm. Where now you've got you got Stegosaur, you got baby Stegosaur, you got two T Rexes, you got the baby T Rex, you got mm-hmm. the Raptors again, you got the um, the Hadrosaurs and all the stuff on the game trail, just just again blowing it out of the park with what they went out to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just great, yeah. and again, lot lot of the lot of the stuff we get from the Raptors in the village, I just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the roar of the Triceratops as, he, it tra- as it trashes the camp yep. has been used in so much stuff. I mean, it was used <laughs> in seven special edition of Star Wars uh, for the Banthas. It's been used in other Star Wars media that I've seen. It's been used in for roars of so many different creatures I've seen all over the place. So it's almost become like as iconic in a way... A, as the original T-Rex were, that is, of course, used in so much. You're the uh, you're the Star Wars fan. What come first? The hunters hanging on to the nooses around the parasol officer's neck or the uh, speeder swerving to miss the uh, rearing animal in Mos Eisley in New Hope? Because <laughs> that was added for uh, the special edition too, wasn't it, in 97? Uh-huh, it was probably... I think it probably came at the same time because both used Skywalker Sound, which was a division of Lucasfilm. Hmm. So both Spielberg uh, used Skywalker Sound to do the sound effects for Jurassic Park and uh, The Lost World, and, of course, they returned for... They do, like, 90% of Hollywood's um, sound effects. Yep. So they probably recorded them at the same time, and then... Just release, just release them in different cuts. That's not the problem. What is? What is the problem? Velociraptors. Our infrared show that their nesting sites are concentrated in the island interior, which is why we plan to keep to the upper wait, rim. Wait, wait a minute. What's that? Veloc- Velociraptor. Carnivore. Pack hunter. About two meters tall, long snout, binocular vision. Strong, dexterous forearms and killing claws on both feet. All right. I suppose lastly, before we leave for uh, this recording, um, we heard Jay's comments before about uh, what he'd like to see from Universal with the uh, 20th anniversary. I tend to agree with him. Uh, I didn't get to see the Jurassic Park uh, 3D 20th anniversary. I wish I had, but I'd love to see Lost World back in uh, back in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. I think one one other thing too is, and we'll get to this when we get to the uh, minutes ahead. But oh, we've been talking off 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 record about uh, sliders and how that set, the Lost World, the Worker Village set, was used up until a year after uh, Jurassic Park finished production, and mm-hmm. it's still mainly there, dressed as it stands inside the fence perimeter anyway. A lot of the jungle's gone from outside, obviously. But um, it's been there. It's there for a year. And we got one guy that jumped the fence and went and took photos in there. Like, it, there's got to be more. There's got to be more production stuff of that. Um, 
on the on the uh, bonus features, you got one of the uh, I haven't I, I don't remember the name. One of the guys talking about how they had to uh, custom make all the vehicles, and then mm-hmm. it just it just goes on to something else. Like no, we we back rewind. You had to customize all these vehicles. There's got to be photos. You, you've posted here before, and there's photos out there of uh, the Mercedes in undercoat getting all the uh, bars and that added to them. Um, mm-hmm. The same sort of shots as the, yeah, same sort of shots as the RVs, sort of in undercoat before they get their final um, camouflage paint, with getting all the bars mm-hmm. and that stuff fitted to it. Like, there's got to be more photos of that stuff, and that's the stuff. That's the stuff I really want to see coming mm-hmm. out. Um, if it's another book, <laughs> a table book or something, even just behind yeah. the scenes of the Jurassic franchise. Even if it's got Jurassic Park three in there as well, just the first trilogy, behind the scenes stuff that hasn't been released yet. I want to see it. <laughs> I would also like to see more behind the scenes stuff. Uh, there's, it's out there. I know it's out there. I've seen like the shitty resolution, uh, kind of just outline of stuff that I know I've not seen. And I'd also like to see like high res scans, all the alternate concept art. I know Stan Wilson Studios has a whole book full of it. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've I've seen uh, photos of Stan posing with this book. It has all the uh, alternate concept arts that they've not released, and of course, I'd love to see more uh, better resolution scans of all the maquettes, and of course, more photo- behind-the-scenes photos of the Worker Village, and of course, I'd like to see the movie back in theaters. That'd be that'd be a dream. Mm. I never actually got to see the movie in theaters. I was too young. My parents thought it was a phase. Yeah. I'd love to see uh, other behind-the-scenes photos of the sets that I know exist out there. And, of course, I'd love, love, love to see a full restored, um, like, director's cut or something like that of The Lost World and Jurassic Park of scenes that... I have, there are so many scenes out there we have like so many pictures of that I know they have to have footage of it somewhere and I'd just love to see that footage back in the movie all the deleted scenes back in the movies yeah and the production photos we've seen yeah that would be that would be something great to have mm-hmm. for, for both they'd like they just add so much more and having to cut stuff because okay we need to be an hour and a half long or 90 minutes long, oh, that is an hour and a half, mm-hmm. or <laughs> two hours, 10 minutes long, or whatever else. It just, it doesn't really apply now. Sort of the same yeah. with, same with, same with uh, going for an individual film and not setting up a franchise. Like Jurassic Park was its own thing. Yes, Spielberg had the Barbasol can, the mud that was a possibility for a sequel. They didn't go that way, thank goodness. Um, even in The Lost World, they had. Uh, supposedly the raptors on the boat which uh, would have led into Jurassic Park 3 but again mm. that didn't happen and uh, it sort of brings the film down a little bit because of that but uh... yeah, just looking at um, the listing of cutscenes here on Jurassicpedia I mean we of course had the boardroom scene and the Mombasa bar Roland and Ajay meeting yep. uh, those can be found on the DVD and they often get cut back into the movie when they're aired on TV, but we also have an extended uh, Hammond and Malcolm scene in Hammond's bedroom office, which we discussed. 
we have and we have like six shots six different shots of the gather of um Ian Malcolm's team are um of them actually setting up their equipment and discussing Sarah Harding before going out into the field and looking for her. Mm. And of course I've seen in behind the scenes there's a uh, quick clip and we is not in this listing here. I'm going to add it li- at some point here. There's a quick clip of um of uh, Vince Vaughn's character Nick Van Owen asking, "Hey, should we split up?" And E. Malcolm shoots that down automatically. He's like, "No, no, that's the worst idea." Yeah, yeah. And of course, there's the Stegosaurus um, escape run where they we have to lead the scenes for. That was actually in the uh, trailer. You can see Sarah Harding running away from the Stegosaurus and yelling, "Isn't it great?" <laughs> and uh, then. There's more of Ian Malcolm and Sarah Harding lecturing each other about what they want to get from this experience, and so you can find a screenshot, yeah, a screenshot of uh, Sarah Harding and Ian Malcolm that's not in the movie in the the Lost World storybook actually. Mm. And recently, I discovered on the actually the Jurassic World uh, viral site of all places they had an AJ page. Uh, and no way and yeah yeah, for some reason you can't access this photo on the page you can only access it when you google the aj page in google images okay is a picture of uh roland and aj they're looking or it's they're looking around looking for the rex nest so there's a scene of uh, there's an extended rex nest scene someplace of course there's the low low injures the baby t-rex uh scene that was that appeared in the script and uh, we have a couple images for and then there's a, a scene another scene from the script and this was also partly in behind the scenes of where Sarah Harding and Nick Van Owen go into the hunters camp and we see them cutting the gas lines uh, in the on the vehicles yeah there's a there's a production photo getting around that's been around for a long time of uh, Nick um, crouching down beside a motorcycle um, mm-hmm. I think it was on the original the Lost Lost Dash World website on the map, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just one thing that sort of drops. Is okay, the, they let all the animals go. The Triceratops comes through and takes out the uh, satellite dish and the Hummer there and um, base camp, but all of a sudden all these vehicles are exploding and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like. You don't realise, okay, well, they've gone through, they've cut gas lines as well as let animals go. That's why we're all walking to the worker village. There's no no cars left, no vehicles left, which, okay, plot. <laughs> I'm sure you could, fix mm-hmm. some, you could fix some fuel lines pretty easily on a motorcycle, but then there's, what points a motorcycle off-road when you're going to have a whole bunch of people walking with you, but... Um, but, yeah, you, you, mm-hmm. you're bringing up, there's, other, there's some other cut scenes as well. Yeah, and there's still there's parts of the movie just reaching out there asking, connect me, connect me, I want to, I want to be complete. Yeah, they were just out there asking to be completed because we like, for example, the Ludlow injures the baby T Rex. Yeah, yep. You can the movie, you can you get the first shot of the T Rex just kind of honking the baby T Rex honking for its parents, and then the next cut you get of it is. Um, Nick Van Owen releasing it from the trap 
and it's flailing around. There's blood on his leg that wasn't there before, and you can see a champ, uh, champagne bottle and a coffee cup that wasn't there before. Mm. So there's parts of these uh, there's parts of these deleted scenes still sticking around in the movie that would be great if we could get them back in. Yeah. And sort of one one of the big ones for me, and it's not really deleted scenes, more of just early production stuff that they never went with, was the uh, the dead parasaur that the, the Japanese fishing boat pulls up into the net, mm-hmm. um, yeah. we, which we never really talked about um, in the early minutes, where that was going to be the star of the film, whether it replaced mm-hmm. the cafe on the beach scene or what have you, but... Uh, we know from the novel that uh, Richard Levine was going down to Costa Rica because these things were washing up on the coast, and here we have a Japanese mm-hmm. fishing vessel. Um, why it's this close to uh, U.S. waters, I don't know, but uh, it pulls up a, a parasol office in a fishing net, half decayed and mm-hmm. been floating in the water, and uh, if that was going to suggest that uh, animals were getting off the island or drifting away from the island and that's how Malcolm was going to come in and not be summoned by Hammond or or what but that I'd just love to see if there's an early script out there even that there's got to be a couple of different versions of the script out there which I'd just love to read to see the, the steps they went through between uh, Crichton Crichton having his novel and doing an adaption of that and then Kep and that coming in and rewriting it Mm-hmm. But anyway, we could go. We could go on all night about this. Um, yeah, true. I think uh, we're going to get to some uh, more on-topic stuff as we uh, continue our minutes. Uh, minute twenty is just mm-hmm. out. Um, we're on sauna, and uh, it's time to go and see our first uh, our first real dinosaur sighting after Kathy on the beach. So, um, yeah. If anything else you want to bring up before we head out for the day. I just want to, since you brought up that Japanese fishing boat uh, thing, I just thought it's interesting that we also get remnants of that left over in the behind-the-scenes footage. They have a, they have like a cardboard cutout of um, a Parasaurolophus carcass stuck in a net, and that's in the deleted scenes in the galleries for the production of Jurassic of uh, the Lost World. Mm-hmm. And I also found it interesting that. Um, they actually ended up building it. That's how far. That's how far it got. They got and they ended up building the, the Paris office carcass, and they just ended up sticking it around various parts of the island. Uh, they stuck it in the uh, T Rex nest. I was going to say stuck it again in the Velociraptor nest. Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely in that T Rex nest when they walk into it, and you actually when you're seeing them, uh, Roland and RJ from the baby. The juvenile T Rex, they're sitting there on top of it, and that's I don't know if it's actual flies or if they're CG flies or what, but just the way. Oh, is that all CG? Is it? Yeah, because um, Roland or Pete Postlewaite asked why asked Spielberg why am I going to be flailing my hands in front of my face? And Spielberg responded because we're going to add CG flies in, and you're going to look silly if you don't wave your hands in front of your face. <laughs> wow, because just what just watching that scene now on on the video, it just. There's so many flies in the air, and it, it, it's understandable. You're in a tropical environment, and all these carcasses around. It's, it's a wonder the baby T-Rex isn't getting carried away by flies as well. But <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's good. Just little stuff like that. It's great to see. We'll, we'll get yeah. to, we'll get to that stuff in future minutes. So, uh, 
All right, thank you, David. Um, a big thanks to Jay Jurassic for coming on as well. He had to get out of here a little bit early, but uh, it was definitely great having a third a third perspective on this on the film on board as well. Um, as I said earlier, it's just great with the 20th anniversary. So many people uh, talking about the film again. It's sort of it's been a bit a bit sad looking at these groups on Facebook and Twitters and everything else bringing up oh, Jurassic World this, Jurassic World that. Well. Hey, mm-hmm. there was another trilogy out that came out a long time ago, and it's a uh, personal opinion here that uh, it was far better than what we've got so f- after it. But um, yeah, so uh, David, you and I are both working behind the scenes on uh, Jurassicpedia, the uh, spiritual successor to uh, Legacy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, going live on the 23rd for the anniversary of The Lost World, and we're hoping to get a lot of work done on it. We're currently doing the costuming guides on our. We have a uh, art forum for uh, the Pedia, where, where users can share uh, like their creative side and post like fan art, fan fiction, and we're putting together a costume guide for uh, the movies. And currently, we have Roland, Sarah Harding, and Alan Grant. Oh, very nice. Uh, so that's going live now, as you are hearing this on the record. Yeah, it's uh, Jurassic-pedia.com, uh, I think. Uh, let me check. <laughs> we better get this right. <laughs> Jurassic-pedia.com. All right. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're working hard to build that site up. It's just online resource. Uh, Encyclopedia, just like uh, you guys had with Legacy. There is the forum there that uh, some some of the members are looking after. So yeah, come on over. As we said, as we're talking in the uh, episode, we're all part of the Jurassic Park community and we're all friends here. So uh, this is just another another place to come and hang out and uh, share everything you know about Jurassic. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Jay for doing that and uh, all his stuff. As he said, you can go and check me out on Twitter and uh, everywhere else. Dave, thank you for uh, coming back on with me. And um, we'll reconvene in a week's time for minute 2122. All right, sounds good. All right, see you later, guys. See you later. Half an hour from now, John Hammond's dream reimagined will come true. For one one hundredth the cost of building a destination resort thousands of miles away, I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death. All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Tonight we'll christen Jurassic Park San Diego with a mega attraction that can't start on the of anything like We work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life. <laughs>